Blog Talk Radio. Monday evening, Sign Guy with you as normal, and I want to introduce our guest to you. He is out of the great state of Texas. He has been here with us before. We're happy to have him back. Reggie Lincoln, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here once again. The week we just had in the professional wrestling industry might just be one of the most chaotic weeks we've experienced perhaps ever at the national level. And, of course, that always trickles down to the independents. Of course, one of the major announcements was there is a lawsuit pending with Vince McMahon and a few other members of the WWE as well as the WWE itself. And that has brought all kinds of chaos into the business. From your standpoint, looking at things, what do you think of this situation and the effects it may have on the industry as a whole? Well, I mean... It's a wild situation, I'll say that. Uh, and there's just certain things that are unfortunate that have, that has happened and that are happening in this industry right now. It's, what well, like, it's just crazy. But how would it affect? I mean, it's one of those, with or without you, the business is still, this is still going to happen. Wrestling is still going to happen. We still got fans. We still got it going strong, but yeah, as far as that, as far as that lawsuit and everything goes, yeah, that that that, that's some crazy stuff. But how will it affect the? How will it affect you know the business, the wrestling industry? How would it affect wrestling? Well, I would say it'll be. We'll talk about it for a while, and then. We'll move on and talk about it again when it's on dark side of the ring. I could definitely see a dark side of the ring popping up with this issue. Yeah, a, One of I mean, the but, other major announcements from last week was uh, something a little bit more happy for the industry. WWE was able to sign a contract with Netflix to bring Raw to 
that company starting next year. It was a 10-year, $5 billion deal, which is not only huge money, but it is a very long-term thing, so hopefully that means stability. What did you think of that announcement, and do you see something like that having any effect rippling down to the independent level? Uh, <laughs> uh, at first, it kind of confused me because, you know, I thought WWE handled everything with Peacock. But it's a great business move. Of course, you know, it keeps Netflix going. It keeps WWE going. It keeps, it keeps wrestling going. Uh, now, I'm going to miss turning on the USA or whatever. But it's a good opportunity for people who miss it to go back and watch it again. I mean, I have all the streaming sites myself. I got Hulu. I got Netflix. I got I got Peacock. So if I want to watch WWE, I can go to one of those. Uh, now, how will it trickle down to the indies, independent circuit? Uh, it really depends. It, it, it just really depends because I – Certain streaming sites already uh, work with certain independent companies, but now that Netflix is uh, working with uh, has Raw, I'm not sure if we'll see any independent wrestling on Netflix at all. Uh, but I think this actually will be a boost for not just WWE, but for independent wrestling. It'll help. It'll help boost certain independent companies, of course, while, you know, others that have to work, still have to put in the work if they want to get to that level. Now, last year on Netflix, they put out the reality series, The Wrestlers, which focused on Ohio Valley wrestling, and from all the reports I've read, that did very well. Do you think, looking at things now, Netflix was maybe testing the waters with OVW to see if WWE or even potentially AEW would be successful for them, or do you think it was a totally separate idea that they had? I I think when it comes to Netflix and trying to capture the eyes of wrestling fans, I think they got exactly what they wanted now. They would test, and they would, yeah, and you know, with these other shows like OVW and everything, it was a that was their test run to see if people will pay attention. Uh, now that they now that they reeled in their big fish, because you know, Raw is the longest reigning episodic television show. You know, I think. Uh, the business will be, I think the business at Netflix will be just, will grow and grow. And soon I'll probably have to pay more money for Netflix. I think we all will once that gets going. Another big change in the industry in this particular month, and it's been a massive month for professional wrestling across the board and that is 
Impact Wrestling rebranded itself as TNA. They went back to the original company name, even though the ownership is far removed from what the original ownership was. But they've gone back to those roots and rebranded. And not only did they rebrand, but their current reigning Knockouts champion appeared in the Royal Rumble despite not having any previous history in WWE. What do you think of this rebrand for TNA, and do you think that that's going to elevate the people that watch TNA, or do you think that the same fans that watched Impact Wrestling, say, a year ago, are going to be the same fans that are watching now and there won't be much growth to it. Here's what I'm going to say. If you watch TNA, like, if you watch it, you watch it. If you, and, you know, certain fans like certain things, it's going to be, I'm glad that WWE and TNA are actually working together. Like, it it definitely uh, adds growth. Um, it never adds growth to the industry, to the industry overall, and builds a great relationship. As far as uh, will more people watch TNA, uh, will that remain to be seen? Now I'm happy for I'm happy for the rebrand. I really am. Uh, it's I'm because me, I am a fan of TNA. I. Like that when I first started, uh, that's where I wanted to go with TNA. Uh, now, now TNA is one of the only companies I haven't worked for. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm glad it, it it brings nostalgia to a certain extent. It brings back nostalgia, which I'm happy for that. You know, sometimes that's sometimes we need it. Um, and I'm also proud of Jordan Grace. I'm proud that she got that opportunity. Like, I, I really am, like, because that, that opens doors for people in TNA to to make their way to WWE. And it all started when Mickey James showed up back when it was still under the Impact name. And now it's building that, that relationship even more. Now, looking more at the independent circuit, one of the things that is very diverse company to company on the independent level is the amount of money and effort that goes into the production values of a show. Some independent companies will spend quite a bit of money each show, and they will have video screens and elaborate entrances and they will try to make these smaller venues look like a major arena, like something fans would watch at the national level. Other companies will hang a shower curtain on a hanger and that's where the wrestlers come through and they'll maybe not put on the ring apron skirts and the ring looks less than professional. So there's so much variation on the independence. 
where do you personally see a need for emphasis on production when it comes to the independent level? Do you think it needs to be very elaborate, or do you think companies are better off doing a bare-bones throwback style, or do you think that it should be somewhere in the middle of that? That's a good question, actually, because, I mean, you are how you present yourself to be. Uh, presentation means everything in this industry. Uh, if you look good and you look like something people want to watch, eventually people will gravitate to that and look at you. It, it's just like as a wrestler. Like, the better you look, the the more people are going to pay attention to you. Um, like I said, I'm just using being a, a wrestler uh, to this. Like, everybody wants to be look a certain way. And it's all about how you look. And see, some people, like, want to look at the guy that's in very good shape, tall, you know, the tall, dark, and handsome type. No, that looks like he should be wrestling. And then there's people who want to look at, you know, someone who looks average like me for inspiration because it gives them kind of inspiration. Like, hey, anybody can do this. So when it comes to the outlook of the whole company, like that presentation means a lot. Um, and people want to see a show with great presentation. They don't want to see something that's, that's just like in somebody's garage or something like that. I mean, that's that's how I look. So as far as the independent thing goes, there's great companies that do that. Like one of the companies uh, that have the curtain and the ring skirts and everything like that that shows that has great presentation is Square Circle Pro. That's one of the companies. That's, that's really the main company I work for. Uh, and then, you know, there was other companies that I've worked for. Now, I've done the good and the bad. And and you can really tell, uh, you know, who puts the effort into it and who don't and why they're in the position that they're in. So that's that's how I feel about, you know, when they – our shows uh, put – it just depends on the effort, really, of what they do, how they want their show to look. And, that, and that's a job for everybody, not just the person running the company. Now, you've been around for quite a while in professional wrestling, and oftentimes wrestlers at some point in time will start thinking of going more towards the production and front office end of things, usually booking a company or owning their own company. Is booking and or promoting something that you've given thought to at some point, or have you not really considered that aspect of the business yet? But the crazy part is I actually, like, I've tried to help companies before, and for some reason uh, they just 
well, I, I tried to help a company, and that they just don't want to listen to me or didn't want to mend the, or just want to end that relationship. And then there's some companies that don't trust my outlook. But the, the great part about this is, I mean, being a booker, I get, I, I actually see how stressful that is. Uh, I'm not sure if that's that's something I would want to do. Now, as far as from like, I know I made my jokes online about it and everything, but as far as being a booker, I see the stress that goes behind it, and uh, it, uh, that's something that that's that's just something that is uh, hard to deal with. Now, as far as being a promoter, like having my own company, or even backing a company. I actually, well, not to brag or anything, but I actually had the financial resources to do that. Uh, but now it's just that that's either on that's that's something that I would have to think about now, and who I want that relationship with. Because at the end of the day, if I'm being like bluntly honest, this is a dirty industry. It really is, as you can see from the drama that's just laid out, and that's just from. This past week, there's a lot of dirt in this industry, uh, and on the business side of things, it's actually it's actually more dirt on the business side of things than anything. And certain, and it's, if I had to help a company or run my own company, I would try to do it in the most genuine way as possible. So, as far as going on the business side of things, it sounds like a good idea. It really does. Uh, and I'm not 100% opposed, I'll say that. I'm not 100% opposed to it, but I just know been doing this, been on the indie scene for over a decade now. And just seeing how certain people operate and seeing what needs to be done, it kind of makes you not want to do it or do it your own way. But like I said, said, I'm not opposed to it. It just depends on, it's all time and place, that's all. And when you sort of look at the industry, I know you said you aren't opposed to doing your own promotion, but do you go to shows and sort of look at what other promoters are doing as far as promoting their shows and how they do setup of shows and things like that to keep in the back of your mind? Or if you do potentially open up, are you going in with a blank slate on how you want to do things and how you want to run the company? Uh, It'll be half and half. Because certain shows I look at and I see it and it's like, okay, I don't want to run it this way. Uh, Like I see more of what I – how I – 
And the saddest part is I see more of how I don't want things done compared to how I would do things or how I would do things. Um, like, for example, there's certain companies in Arkansas that that run shows in a certain way that I definitely would not do. Uh, and they work with certain people that I definitely wouldn't work with. Or certain companies in Texas or even and even Oklahoma, which, I mean, which I love the Oklahoma scene. Or I love them all, but I just see uh, over the years I've seen more of, like, how things are handled. And I'm like, oh, I definitely wouldn't do that. And then reverting back to the last question, uh, when I try to help certain people, uh, it seems to go through one ear and out the other. And I would, and that's why, once again, like I said, reverting back to the other question, that's why it's, uh, I'm not opposed to it, but it's not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying yes either. Um, but as far as I see, some of what I learned uh, coming from others, or other companies, and then certain things my own way. I work with only certain people and, you know, do business a certain way. One of the most important things in any professional wrestling company is obviously the physical wrestling ring itself. And I know you know that the quality of rings is all over the map, especially at the independent level as well. Do you have a favorite physical ring in which you've wrestled? Well, I'll say this. Uh, At the end of the day, the ring... That is, that is your stage, and it has to look presentable. It definitely has to look presentable uh, and safe to be in. Uh, and as far as the as far as certain rings, uh, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Uh, I worked in some terrible rings, and I worked in some very terrible rings uh, over the years. Uh, which who hasn't? But I like the I like the uh, I like the high like the high spot rings, like the ones that sit up high, where the fans have to look up compared to something that sits low to the ground. Like, like at that level, you know, I don't they call them low boys, low boards, like. I I honestly hate those kind of rings. I I hate them because at the end of the day, the fans are supposed to be looking at a stage. They're not supposed to be looking at a ground, at the ground. Like they look, they see the wrestlers. They they got to see something big. They can't see something big if the ring is super low to the ground. And they're looking at you face to face. 
Uh, once again, I'll revert back to one of your past questions. Presentation means everything. And the way you present it is the way people are going to look. So that's why I prefer a ring that, that's higher up, that I have to climb on, that I have to climb onto, not one that I, I could just walk straight to, straight into. I have to be able to at least get under the ring, pretty much, and hide my weapon. <laughs> One of the other things that wrestlers have to have is the actual physical gear bag where they store their gear and take it from show to show. I've seen people use plastic bags. I've seen people throw their gear in a backpack besides Orange Cassidy. I've seen people spend hundreds dollars on uh, top of the line luggage I've seen wrestlers that will keep up with whatever airline pilots use because they usually have the most modern efficient bags do you have a particular type or brand of gear bag that you gravitate towards as far as using that for your gear um but not not a particular brand, but the type you know, like the carry-on bags, like you know that 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 they use because they got a lot of room for storage and organization. Oh my God! Like and I try I try to uh, and I when I I try to help people when I tell when they tell me that because you know that's how I learned the game. Now I used to have my gear in one of those gym bags, which to a certain extent, nothing's wrong with it, but being, it, it shows a look of professionalism. When you have one of those roll, rolling carry-on bags, because when you have to have a certain look, you have like look of professionalism, and when you come with a gym bag, like I said, and it just depends on how comfortable you are on the show as well, uh, how comfortable you are with the show and what type of show it is. As far, now, if I'm going through, like, WWE, of course, I'm wearing my suit, shirt, tie, button-up shirt and tie. It'll actually ruin my – it'll actually uh, look – it would actually wrinkle up my suit and everything if I had it like a gym bag or a backpack or anything like that. It it won't give the professional look that the WWE would like to go for. Um, and you and if you see it, if you see like rest, if you watch like they show during pre-shows when they're coming in or whatever, they show they show wrestlers uh you know, dressed up and carrying uh, and having a carry-on bag. Now, if they're walking to the ring in their gym clothes or whatever, that's when you'll see a backpack, and that's when and that's when they're already in the arena. But as far as you, as far as them coming in, 
yeah, the the carry on bag like that you see uh, airplane pilots have and that you take on an airplane. Those are the best ones to get. Just just because you can fit more in there. There's room everywhere, and you can organize yourself, uh, everything. And it looks professional. Uh, one of the things that also is very divergent on the independent scene is the catering or lack thereof at shows. This became a hot-button topic around a month ago when Mac Cardona put out on X that if you did not provide water as a promoter, then you shouldn't be in the business. A lot of promotions will provide water. A lot of them provide coffee. Some provide food. And other promotions don't provide anything as far as food and water for the people booked. Where do you stand as far as expectations on that type of thing on shows? Well, my expectations are limited. Uh, now, as far as like now, as far as catering, um, now if I if I get that any show that provides food and uh, any show that provides good food and water and all that. I definitely want to go to, uh, but it's def it's definitely a must that I prefer that. My, one of my biggest preferences is that you have water because the shows get hot and we get we we sweat, we work out, we get dehydrated. Like we need water. Like water is a, a an essential. So when you don't provide that, it kind of sit it kind of says where your outlook is on taking care of your taking care of your talent. Now, I don't now I when it comes to these independent shows, I don't expect you to provide me food. But if you do, I'm definitely grateful for it. Um now if you just now, if you're just, like, expecting us to bring our own stuff, uh, okay, that's fine. Like, I agree to work for you, but it doesn't make you look like the best promoter if you don't care to take care of your wrestler the, or the best booker, if you don't want to take care of your talent. Now, me, me personally, now, the shows I go to, the shows I work for, they would at they would at least provide water. They would at least provide water because, like I said, look at all of us. Uh, we the shows get hot. It's a hot locker room because it's full of so many people that the body heat just drains us. Like it, it physically drains us. And we need to hydrate. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like every booker and promoter should at least provide their talent with water. Now, the more the better. And I know I, I know I might come off like a spoiled brat or something like that, but 
you know, at the end of the day, we like to be taken care of by who we work for because we're independent contractors. And like I said, when we have an agreement with, with you to work for your show, we we would like for you to take care of us as best as possible. Like I said, one of the things that a lot of promoters provide is coffee, and a lot of wrestlers like to have a cup of coffee to kind of get the adrenaline flowing a little bit before a match, and uh, some wrestlers like to have a cup on the way home when they're driving after a show. Do you see a lot of coffee being available at shows you do? No, actually, and I'm not a big coffee drinker myself, actually, which is crazy. But uh, as far as coffee, like, I mean, it's definitely not a bad idea. I just never seen, I just, I can honestly say i only seen one show that I ever worked for. No, I'm sorry, two shows that I've worked for, I think. Not yeah. Two shows actually serve coffee. Actually had coffee, uh, the coffee pot and everything ready, which I get why it would be a great idea. I really do. Uh, I mean, me personally, I, I, I'm not a big coffee drinker, uh, but I know some people who are. And, you know, when I travel with them, they do go to the gas stations and everything and get, a, a, you know, when we fill up and they get coffee. But uh, I never heard the complaint about a show not providing coffee either. At the end of that, you know, if if the pro- I think that's a, like a choice on the promoter if they want to serve coffee or not. Now, like I said, I think it's a great idea. I really do, even though I'm not a big coffee drinker. Um, but I think it's a great idea. You know, because it wakes you up. It, it provides it provides energy for the ones who do drink coffee. Now, one of the other things that affects the entire industry, it seems like, is social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or X. Most wrestlers, be it from the national scene or the independent scene, have some sort of social media presence. A lot of times wrestlers get themselves in trouble with it, and a lot of wrestlers still to this day don't seem to grasp how to promote themselves very well with it. Other people make bundles and bundles of money off of the social medias more so than what they do with the actual wrestling itself. Do you find on shows that you go to and with the wrestlers that you see that most wrestlers seem to have a grasp on how to use social media to their benefit? Or do you find that it's still a work in progress on the places that you visit? 
I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I'm guilty. Like my social media presence is, uh, uh I don't even have a grasp on it yet. And I don't think I ever will. But that uh, social media presence means everything. Uh, it means well, it doesn't mean it means a lot. It means majority of what what you are, uh, the way you promote yourself, the way you present yourself. Uh, it it definitely uh helps the show, helps the bookers, uh, helps your fans. They know who you are, and so as far as social media goes, well, my social media presence. Is terrible on X. I'll say that for sure. Um, and I ha- and and I haven't been on Facebook like uh, like I should be. Uh, so I would say this: uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely important to the industry, though. Social media press presence is definitely important to the industry, important to the business, uh, to the, Starting to the companies and to you and to the fans. So there's some people who got a great grasp on it. Like someone like um, Bob Evans. He does, like, I'll, I'll follow him all day, every day. Uh, a good friend of mine, Gino, uh, Gino Rivera, he's great on social media. Um, and sometimes you have to be annoying on social media. Uh, that way it'll get people to pay attention to you. Uh, you do got to give people things to pay attention to. Because, not going to lie, us average American wrestling fans, we have short attention spans. So with that being said, you got to, you got to get, you got to make, you got to make yourself presentable. You got to give them something to pay attention to. Around the time of WrestleMania, WWE usually holds their Hall of Fame ceremony. And in the fall, TNA Wrestling holds their Hall of Fame ceremony. And over the last 15 to 20 years, we've seen more and more independent wrestling companies set up Hall of Fames. Uh, some of them induct several people every year. Some companies, one or two people per year. Some companies uh, do it very sparingly and will just induct somebody here and there. A lot of people in the business don't really care for independent companies having Hall of Fames. A lot of people don't care for the way that the WWE and or the TNA Hall of Fame is set up. Where do you stand when it comes to professional wrestling Hall of Fame? Well, I see Hall of Fame as a way of the comp- of a company, uh, a company, the 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 roster, your coworkers, and your fans. Uh, giving you your credit due. Uh, they give you the respect that you deserve and what you've earned. Uh, and it, it's, a celebra- it's a celebration of you. 
um, the way certain companies do certain things, I think is I think it's great to have a Hall of Fame, depending on the company. I think that depends on the company right there. Like, yeah, so I'm I'm not against majority companies having a Hall of Fame. Now, if this is a company that's just starting, uh, like, if it just started, like, and their first show is, I don't know, next week, now, it don't make no sense for them to have a Hall of Fame because, well, they don't, they, they just started. They haven't done nothing to have a Hall of Fame. But these these long-lasting companies that's been around that people have gone to, people have watched, uh, then they should have their own Hall of Fame or some kind of celebration of someone who put their hard-earned work into it and put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. Because uh, as, as guys who, as people who work in this business, we have sacrificed so much. There's, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into this for something that we truly love, and and we 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 want to receive that same love back at some point in our lives. Yes, I get it, and even Vince McMahon said it himself. Even someone as big as Vince McMahon has said it himself. This industry owes you nothing. They owe you nothing. So the fact that, that, you know, a certain company even thinks about you to give you your your proper due respect, that means so much. It really does. And I'm not against any company doing that, as long as it makes sense to do it, of course. One of the other big things that, was the talk of the industry happened at the tail end of 2023. It was a mostly positive response, but the movie The Iron Claw finally came out after years of being rumored and being in production and so forth. We finally got it to the big screens. A lot of fans really, really enjoyed the film. Uh, some of them seemingly had different expectations on what type of film it would be and did not enjoy it because of that. Did you watch the film and have an opinion on The Iron Claw? I'm going to be real honest. I have yet to watch The Iron Claw. But however it presents itself, um, well, being from Dallas, Texas, being out here, you know, Von Eric country pretty much, I've heard the stories. Heck, I've heard the stories personally. Um, now, I hear good things about the movie. I really have. I just haven't had the chance to see the movie, if I'm being real honest with you. I just haven't had the, the opportunity to see the movie. But... It, it, if it got people talking, then I'm sure it did. It did good, as long as the proper story is being told. You know what I mean? 
we can see something from all different angles. Like not just a certain point of view. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I, I think people went into it somewhat expecting an exact as it happened type of documentary film rather than what it really was, which is a loosely based on real events film. So I think that's where some people did not enjoy it, but if you go into it looking at it as not 100% factual representation, I think the enjoyment level is going to be there. Yeah, like, like you go think you, you you know if you're going to enjoy it or not. Um, it's like it's like when you get a movie spoiler. Like I, I know, look, I know because I'm a because you know hometown bias and industry bias. I'm going to enjoy the film regardless. I already know this, whether I've seen it or not, or anything like that. I'm going to enjoy the film. Um. Whether no matter what the opinion is, so people could tell me what happened and all that, or how it is, I already know going in. I'm going to enjoy this. It's like when you go to, it's like when you go to a certain show, like a wrestling show, anything like that. Um, you already know, most likely Roman Reigns is going to win. Like, there's no way. That some that somebody that they just brought up from the Indies is gonna beat Roman Reigns, but guess what? You're gonna go anyway, or you're gonna watch anyway because you enjoy it. And and it's the same thing with anything that we love. Cause hey, we're all, we're all we all love something here. So whether and whether we know what to expect or not, we already know we're gonna enjoy it. Whether it's something like, are you a sports fan at all? Yes. So most of us already know whether we are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys or not. We already know. We already know what's going to happen. Like the same thing been happening for almost thirty years now, and and we and a lot of people go in knowing what's going to happen, and guess what? It doesn't stop us from watching. We're still going to enjoy it, whether you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys or not. It's the same thing with movies. I, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of Marvel. I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. I, I've read the books and everything. Uh, I read the Harry Potter books, so I go in knowing in the movie certain things that are going to happen anyway. And guess what? I still enjoy the movies. Now, they're not 100% intact with each other, like accurate on what they say in the book and the movie, but I already go in knowing I'm going to enjoy it. And that's the same thing with the Iron Claw. Um, whether I know the story is accurate or not, from what I'm told by the Von Aries themselves or what this movie shows, I already know I'm going to enjoy it. And, you know, at times people look for certain things 
they're, they're looking for something to hate or something to dislike about the movie anyway. Yeah, some people are some people can get have their criticisms, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, still went, you still watched it, you still paid to see it, and you'll probably watch it again. getting down to the last few minutes of the show and I want to make sure we have ample time if you have anything you would like to say to the listeners in closing if you want to plug absolutely anything at all from social media to merchandise to upcoming appearances to your favorite fast food joint anything at all floor is all yours alright so uh, com slash Reggie Lincoln uh, please buy my shirts. I need it. I need it. I, um, as far as my next show goes, March 23rd, Square Circle Pro, uh, myself and my partner, Stonewall Rinson, we're, we're there. We're trying to take over, try to become your favorite tag team, uh, so, uh, the Riot. So, yeah, make sure y'all hear the Riot. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, well, X. Sorry, I still call it Twitter. Uh, at the Reggie Lincoln, oh, at Reggie Lincoln ninety one, on Instagram at the Reggie Lincoln, and I mean just look for Reggie Lincoln on Facebook. Well, Reggie Lincoln, it was an absolute pleasure having you back on the show. Hopefully, we'll get to do this again soon with you. And I want to I wish you the so. very best luck as we get to continue watching you progress your career. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I thank you for the uh, opportunity to be on your show. Absolutely. You're always welcome here for sure. Fans, if you have not already gotten on the bandwagon of Reggie Lincoln, you should do so. Fantastic talent. Lots up on the YouTube, so go check that out. Go pick up a shirt or two, and if he's on a show near you, go buy yourself a ticket and watch what he can do. I think you'll definitely be impressed. We will be back with you on Friday afternoon. We kick off Children of Sports Entertainers Month with the son of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Travis Orndorff. Should be a fascinating month as we do that. And then on Sunday afternoon, we're going to be back with you with Atlas Hightower, great competitor out of the Midwest. If you are not familiar, you should definitely get familiar with him. And we will talk to you guys soon. Everybody stay safe out there.
Thank you. 